What's so funny? I just don't. I don't really know what you want. Well, so <laughs> I know what we're doing here. Well, I wanted to talk about. It's John. It's John. Gluten is not your problem. Conversations with culinary chameleon, modern day Renaissance man, and my friend Walter Schmidt. Join us for insights, musings, and rants on food culture, life, the universe, and more. Please enjoy. Last we left, you had finished culinary school, and you had mentioned how Chef Wood had opened your eyes to how to taste things, what you should be paying attention to, and that you know you were you were just screwing around, picking and choosing what you got to eat for lunch. Well, yeah, I was I was considering it lunch, but it was not. It was supposed to be a learning experience, and I didn't. I was a nineteen year old idiot. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So he also. Was he a part of you getting to go to Europe for the first time? Oh, he time? took me to Europe. Yeah, it was amazing. We were, at, we were hanging out at his house one day. Well, he started out, so he took this interest in me, and mm-hmm. he started asking me about measurements. He's like, well, how many ounces are in this, and how many ounces are in that? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, you need to know. Like, how many ounces are in a gallon? I'm like, I had to look it up. It's like 128. And, of course, that stupid number is now stuck in my head, but it's like, you have to know these things. I'm like, okay. And so I started like, he started tutoring me basically. I would go to his house and we would hang out and we'd cook food at his house. And then out there was a, <laughs> he doesn't work there anymore. So I, I really don't think he's going to get in trouble. But so I was 19, but there was a bar down the street called Lucky's. And it was, uh, oh no, not Lucky's. Uh, it was called uh, Shorty's. The, you know, the Coney Island. In Oregon? In no, no, Egypt? it's in Seattle. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. it, it was like right down the street from his house. So we would finish our little tutoring session and we go down there and play pinball, and you could get for five bucks, you could get uh, uh, Lucky. That's why I call it Lucky. A little Lucky Logger for like mm-hmm. fifty cents, and then use the rest of your change to play pinball and video games. Or we go in, uh, above or down the street from that. There was a pool hall. We'd play snooker and taught me how to play actual billiards, which is a nightmare of a game. Our my friend Schwabi could murder us all at it, but um, yeah. So we started hanging out, and one of the days we were hanging out, and he's like would you ever want to go to Europe? And I was like, and how? I mean, like, I, yeah, I'm a 19-year-old minimum wage line cook going to school full-time. Like, that's not a reality for me. So he uh, he bought me a ticket. He took me to Europe and had a, the, his credit card. Some company sent a credit card with my name on it. And was, he took me to Nice for two weeks. And It was just in France? Well, um, well, we so he had already purchased his ticket. So I had to fly into Milan and then, like, I don't speak Italian or French, so I had to fly into Milan and then find a train to take me to Nice and meet him. And so he picked me up in the train station at Nice, and, I mean, that alone was an adventure, and then we hung out in Nice for a few days, and one day, he's like, what do you want to do today? And I was like, shall we lunch in Cannes? <laughs> and like, yeah, he laughed. He's like, yeah, let's uh, jump on a train and go to Cannes for the day. So we did that. We saw where they had the. It was nowhere near the film festival time, but we got to like have a little, you know, lunch in Cannes, and then came back and we did a tour where we went back across the border and spent a day in Monaco, which was incredible because that drive along the Riviera, um, you could see like I think it was the CEO of uh, American Express, and you know you're in this kind of foresty thing, and then the 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 right side drops down, you can see the Mediterranean, but then. There's this little jetty kind of thing comes out of land and these giant cypress trees that are bigger than buildings in Seattle and they're topiaried out. Like they're totally carved with balls upon balls and like little squares. Like it was amazing to see like 
were they like suspending a guy from a helicopter to carve this thing? Like they were in amazing you did topiary for a while as well <laughs> didn't you over there yeah. well you you brought it up so i, I, thought... I did yeah no, I, that was a weird summer that's when i first met you actually oh okay that was so, the summer that i met you <laughs> so how does one how does one get into the uh the the shrub uh trimming game <laughs> the shrub trimming so you know i would wake up we we drank and partied a lot when i met you yes you know yes, we were we all did. young young idiots and uh drinking too much and we we'd all wake up at your house, and you guys would go to your job, and I was I got this weird job landscaping, which was just moving bark mulch, you know, around this property, this apartment complex north of Eugene, like right behind the the market there, Fifth Street. And I was just the guy's like, hey, uh, so I need you to trim all these bushes, and they're just like these giant bushes, and he gave me a ladder and some shears. And I was looking at one. I was like, it's like, it's almost like a square. And I was like, do you, can I like make it a cube? Or like, do you want me to do something? Like, I feel like I could get a couple, like I saw, I could probably do something with it. And I'm stuck there making this thing. And so I asked him, and he's like, do whatever you can, do whatever you want. And I was like, all right. So I started making little balls on top of balls and, you know, like the square. And then there's like a, like a chunk of bush sticking out over the top. So then I do a little square on top of the square. And sometimes I do a little ball on top of the square and. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was walking around somewhere, and I saw like uh, in front of somebody's house, they had like one of these little twisty trees where they had like carved into a like a spiral, like a corkscrew kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I want to try that. So I started doing those, and that's I spent the summer doing that. Self-taught topiary. Yeah, you just grab some shears and start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so if I gave you some shears, you could you could set up the bushes outside, or well, as Mr. Miyagi would say, I think you know the bush decides what it's going to be. Like you can't just I can't just make your face in there. Like there the branches have to be there, the leaves have to be there, and you just have to look at it and be like, okay, it kind of looks like it. I can kind of do this and then make that work for it. So you're kind of like Michelangelo meets the Lorax. Yeah, definitely no. You speak to the trees. I was kind of like a a hungover teenager (laughs) who's like probably (laughs) smoked a little weed and Mm. was gonna make a ball on top of another ball. Okay. I there was no there was Edward Scissorhands. There were no like hands. There was no like dinosaurs or no. There were no like um, yeah no. Okay, it was balls and cubes mostly. Yeah. Okay. Geometric okay. shapes and. So you see these amazing things in Monaco. Oh my these gosh! These yeah. And then so we, he's like, oh, and that's the the guy who owns American Express. And then we went to Monaco. We saw these these fountains of bougainvillea, which is the their national flower. These like big. Mm-hmm. flower pots with just like purple little flowers beautiful just cascading down the sides of the buildings and it's like so what's this property we saw this like tiny little apartment kind of thing it's like these little tiny things and he's like oh yeah that probably went for about four million dollars for like a studio you know across from the casino and this was a our game that we actually did um it started a long time ago we would um go out and because he's a, he was one of my teachers, and he taught uh, menu and facilities planning. So one of the things we had to learn how to do was design good menus. And so there was this, always this game wherever we went out was try and get them to give you a copy of the menu to keep, to take home, you know, tell them you're a culinary student and you're interested. And um, so there's like the Chanticleer in Nice, and there was, you know... The, what is that? A very, very upscale hotel slash mm-hmm. restaurant in there. And he's like, if you go in there and get this menu, like, I got dinner. And I'm like, you have dinner already. already. I got you. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went in there. And, of course, all these lovely people are in, like, tuxedos. And the ceiling's, like, made of gold. And everyone's doing this. And I'm just there, my ragamuffin, you know, weird touristy stuff. And this gentleman comes over. And he's like, 
Pardon moi, monsieur. And I was like, oh, parlez-vous anglais. Bonjour, parlez-vous anglais. He's like, uh, oui, well, how can I help you? Like, you clearly do not the fuck fit in here. And I was like, well, um, so I'm terribly sorry to bother you. So I see that you guys are having this lovely thing, but I'm a culinary student from America and we've studied your hotel and your menu. And I mean, it's famous, of course. And I just start lavishing him with compliments. And if I could just, uh, I would love to pay you or get a, a copy of your menu to take back for my instructor so that we could, you know, learn more about you and your culture. And he's just like, oh, we, oui, we. Oui. And he just went and grabbed me a menu and I came out with it. And, Chef Wood was very impressed and very happy. And so I did it again in Monaco. We were there. And again, there's this like super fancy restaurant that I should never have been anywhere near it. And I walk up and I was like, could I get a copy of the menu? And he's just like, yeah, just please get out of here before somebody sees <laughs> we you. Don't, just, we just don't want you. just like leather bound. I think it was like printed in gold. He's like, just take this thing. Like it's <laughs> you not. You need to get off the property. Yes. <laughs> and it's, yes. Um, so. So did you ever do anything with these menus? Did they ever make them onto other? I just gave it to him and he oh, okay. used them to, to teach. Like just like my first class with him, he would hold up like these four menus and say, "Which of these menus do you think is the nicest restaurant?" Or which you know, and there was one in particular. It was like this leather bound, very simple, very uh, um, rustic, basic, not mm-hmm. rustic, but it was just kind of a very plain thing, and it just had a single clothespin on it. And I was just thinking, that's so understood. That's probably the nicest one. And everyone else is like, oh, no, the one with this and the one with that. And he's like, no, no, this is from the French Laundry. And this is so. So it's kind of like um, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade when they go to they go to get the uh, the goblet. And it was right, er, at the very end. Poorly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So not the gold plated or the leather right. bound. It exactly. was the it was, simple it was the board rustic, with the, the yes, with the clothespin that that it was, was the, the menu of the carpenter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <it was laughs> the, the French the laundry. Yes. What makes a good menu in your in your estimation? Um, a lot of different things. I mean, it has to um, it has to be very concise, mm-hmm. simple, easy to read. You need to be able to open it and immediately think the things that are. Um, High price points, high like not just price points for them, but uh, things that are marked up a lot. Like you know, Pasta. maybe it's, maybe it's not the most expensive thing on the mm-hmm. menu, but it's the best return for them. You know what I right. mean? Like for the restaurant, like it should be something that's they're gonna make more money on, and that should be kind of highlighted at the top. Um, drinks should you know most drinks should be in the front because that's how you're gonna start. Like you open the menu and the have first, a cocktail. The first thing that your waiter is gonna ask you is, "Can we start with some beverages?" So it should be right there in front of you. You go to the most, not most, but like that uh, that Indian place down there. The drinks are mm-hmm. all in the back. Like love, you know. I noticed that in a lot of Indian places I've gone to, they always put the the I drinks. Think it's culturally it, maybe like because yeah. they get your order and then like they put it in because maybe it takes longer to cook the food. I don't I really don't know. know. And then they're like, so now that we've established you're going to eat, can we bring you a beer or something? But yeah, I don't really know why that is. But, but you think simple? Simple and easy to read. And um, yeah, it should be elegant, understated, light. It shouldn't be too heavy, um, too many pages. Like the it was the pink dot was the name of the place you were thinking of when we talked last. It was the time. pink dot, not the purple dot. It was the pink dot. I think dot? so. Somebody on Instagram. Uh, oh, did they? Did they somebody, did. Re- yeah, you yeah. Somebody, somebody out there is listening to these things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I think there might be like fourteen people actually. Fourteen. <clears throat> That's a. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Simple. Easy to read. Easy to understand. I think too yeah. too many people overdo it with fonts and. Yeah, it should be attractive, you know, to look at and uh, maybe thought provoking. Like you know, look with the French Laundry one. It's just it's just a clothespin. So you look at this and you're like, I mean, you obviously you've already 
come into the French launch, you know where you are, and then the clothespin makes sense to you. So it wasn't a, like a vacuum. Like in the classroom, we were just kind of in there in a vacuum. But still, it's like it's like a little piece of modern art. It was just kind of attractive. It should be a part of a bigger theme. Right. That... It should just be its own little art piece at first. So you're like, well, this hmm. is attractive. Thank you. I feel like I'm in a nice place. And then you open it, and all the things, and like, yeah, the, the numbers, the prices of things should be clear. When they, whenever it's like, sometimes they just put, they don't put the, uh, the, the dot and the change part, you know, they kind of just put six and it's like kind of hidden in the number or in the description of the thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, hamburger, blah, 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 blah. And there's just like a, a 23 somewhere in there. Like, mm -hmm. so you're like, so how much is the hamburger? And they're like, oh, it's right there. And you're like, oh, cool. I'm stupid. Thanks. Like, I really but like it, eating here already. Like, but it wasn't, it's, it's sort of mashed like, into the yeah, like you're hiding it like mm -hmm. it should be clear how much things are like because you know do you remember any good meals from europe i mean i know that was 20 years ago but i mean no it... yeah no uh it wasn't the shant at the chanticleer but like a few blocks down there was uh this little place i don't remember what it was called the waiter was incredibly rude but the the frog <laughs> legs were amazing yes. they looked like little people. his legs or the, the frog legs yeah the frog legs i don't john <laughs> I saw what she did. Man. That's terrible. The frogs, frog legs were amazing. Yes. Yes. But so I remember they had like a beverage cart and it was inside that we were sitting outside and the beverage carts in there and I could see, I could see they didn't have Gromonier, but they had Harlequin, which is another similar mm -hmm. product. But they also had the Harlequin lemon, uh, which I'd never even heard of before. But so at some point in the meal, I, the guy's like, can I get you a beverage? And I was like, oh, uh, oui, monsieur, uh, un petit uh, Gromonier, s'il vous plaît. And he says, oh, no. I'm like, pardon moi, monsieur. I don't, like, my, my French is terrible, but I'm just like, I don't understand. And I kind of motioned the cart, but now the cart's gone. But I, I saw it in there. Like, I know that they have it. And he's like, oh, no, I'll, I'll check. And I was like, okay, so you know how to say it. I'll check in English. That's cool. So he left and he came back. He's like, yeah, no, we just have the lemon. I'm like, okay, like, I guess the tip is already included and everything. And you're all just a bunch of jerks. So bring me the lemon one. How was it? lemony like lemon yeah, cello was, yeah well something. it was like lemon gromonier it was like it was still thick like mm -hmm. gromonier and very sweet but yeah it wasn't tart like a lemon it was just kind of yeah not as or it was yeah it wasn't orange it was, yeah and it was just kind of a jerk i i i recall you telling me you had trouble getting your hands on some uh cream for your coffee <laughs> oh, that too yeah so <laughs> france is the only place i've ever been where they just say no to you I was getting coffee, and uh, you know I have all the money. I've got Franks. Chef Wood gave me like, oh yeah, it was Franks at the time. Mm -hmm. and I had all the money in the world. I had the credit card with this limit on it, and like he got change at the airport in Milan. And but like this woman, I yes, I ordered a, uh, I did not uh, order a cafe au lait, which is would be the appropriate drink for coffee with cream. Uh, but I didn't know that. I just said un petit cafe s'il vous plaît. She says oui, and she brings it out, and gives me the coffee. And I'm, you know, I'm used to America where you turn around and there's like a little station with mm -hmm. little tiny little uh, useless straws and, you know, little napkins and cream and sugars and options. And none, none of that was available. So I kind of look around, I turn back and there's nobody else in line or anything. So I just turn back and she says, you know, we, oui, you know, like, how can I help you or whatever? I'm like, uh, uh, petite creme, uh, s'il vous plaît. And she says, she looks at the coffee, like confused. And she looks back at me and says, no. <laughs> well, like, like you were saying there's cream in here and she's telling you <laughs> yeah no, like, there isn't. i'm not an idiot it's clearly black as night like there's no yeah confusion and i was like oh we uh a lay uh petit lay uh lay ou uh, creme lay 
uh, and I pull out money. I'm like, I will, I will give you money. I just I need a little cream for my coffee. And she looks at it and she's like, no cream. I was like, I, I know you have cream back there. Like, please, please provide me cream. And she's just like, nope. And then she turned around and walked away from me. I'm like, no. I just repeated it all day long. I took my coffee and I sat outside and was like, no. Drank my black bitter ass espresso. Double espresso you, how do you take was. your coffee now? Black. Yeah. But I mean, that's not the point. No, I know. I, I know. Was, I know. Again, I was in high school. I was a, not high school, but I was like 19. Mm -hmm. You want a little cream? I understand. Yeah. Um. So you get back. You have this amazing trip. Mm -hmm. You're gone for what? Two weeks? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so that was the year that we met. But you moved back to Eugene at some point, didn't you? Yeah, after I that? took breaks. And I actually hold and... the record for being kicked out the most number of times. So we don't have to get into that. <laughs> no, but no. Um, yeah, no. So I was back for a visit, and I came back to visit Jerry and my my friends. And I'm like, hey, Jerry, what are we gonna do tonight? He's like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to my friend John's for a barbecue. And I was like, who the hell's John? He's like, oh, these guys all moved here from Vegas, and they they work at your aunt's coffee shop, and. They're all crazy. So, you know, you want to come? I was like, all right. And yeah, so we mm -hmm. went over to your house and that's how I'm, that was when I met you, buddy. That's right. That's right. That uh, was 90, 1998, mm -hmm. I think. Um, one of the other places, so you worked at a few different places in Eugene. You worked at lots of places, lots, right? Most of them, I think. Um, well, they used to joke, and uh, I don't know if this is appropriate to say, but, um, you know, like Jerry, uh, being like half Mexican, they used to call me the Jamaican. Because I had like five jobs. I think that was sort of a reference to the old um, Living Color skit. It was there. Yes, there was a skit. I think that's what it I was. I wasn't. I don't know why they were calling me the Jamaican. I just knew. I thought it knew had. I knew it had something to do with me having so many jobs. Like, yes. I never. I'd wake up every day and be like, okay, where do I go now? Like, I'm going to Turtles Bar and Grill, or I'm going to Shoji's, or I'm going to. Uh, well, you you also did, and why? Can you tell me why why dinner theater gets such a bad rap? I couldn't begin. It's amazing. Why okay. would I have a bad rap? <clears throat> dinner theater is awesome. I know. Like, okay, there's so many great shows, and uh, yeah, I was a chef there. Um, and you were an actor as well. Not at that time. I did the acting thing um, before before culinary school. I seem to recall there being an incident. Of um, didn't you do Rocky Horror? Okay, yeah, I guess I did do that. Yeah, <laughs> I did that in drag. That was a full-on drag show. But that was—I think that was before I met you, though. I was eighteen. Okay. Well, I, well, because I also recall when I had that radio show at the high school, you showed up with that's right bras so and it, panties. So and, I did it again. And, I must have done it again. Of, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Oops, you did it again. Oops. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, he does. He always. Well, he, I don't know if he does anymore, but Joe at the actually mm -hmm. would always do Rocky every yeah. every Halloween. And so would you, you would just cook for them except for that show, but you just did the, the, you, yeah. you, and didn't you create menus there? Weren't you at some point like I would the do, only I would do chef? Specials. specials. I was, I was, yeah, he would leave and I would just be the only, oh, the chef, but he had his static menu that he would just run, but then he's like, eh, do some specials. So I'd mm -hmm. cut up some, you know, pork chops and hollow them out and stuff mm -hmm. them with toasted pine nuts and cheese and wilted spinach. Yeah. And so you worked. bacon. That sounds good. They're damn good um so you worked there for for a while you ace or the many many years cabaret. yeah i was there and at that uh what was that 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 horrible nightclub um it was right on the corner where that thing... i remember um 
No, I don't. It was across the, the street ducks, from St. Mary's. No, but it was. Um, yeah, I know where you're talking about. It's no longer there. It used I'm to be sure. a Hong Kong. Like it had that big, big white tower above it. And it was, mm-hmm. I don't know. What was that? Docks pad. Yes, it was docks pad. Yeah. So I was cook slash bar back there on Friday and Saturday nights. But I also Friday and Saturday nights had to be at the dinner theater because that's when they were open. And then like Tuesday, Wednesday or something, it was shoji's, and then there was turtles and there was where oh uh good times i was also over at good times i remember that place too yeah and turtles was it was a um what was the what was the claim to fame there at turtles it was well it wasn't a claim to fame because nobody knew but (laughs) only only the people who worked there knew the owner uh kate was uh Mm -hmm. the little the youngest sister of evil knievel evil knievel yeah okay her daughters were gorgeous. I mean, they were mm-hmm. all she, I don't know, good genes, good genes. Good genes of turtles. And you cooked there as well? I did. I was a saute. And um, that was a great, that was the first job, uh, cooking job I ever had that we were tipped out. Where we actually. That doesn't happen so much. No, it should be. It should be. Because usually when that squirrel starts going and you start getting orders, you're like, I don't want to live anymore. Like, I don't, I don't, no cook wants to cook. That's the thing. That's the hard, (laughs) that's the hard truth of the thing. It's where you go to your favorite restaurants and it's like, oh, I love these tacos. Why aren't they on the menu? It's like, well, because everyone loved them. So everyone ordered them. So the cooks had to cook them. So they took it off the menu. So people would stop ordering it, which is why, yeah. Because they were losing cooks who didn't want to do tacos. Nobody wants to cook. You know, one of the other things I, I, you, you like, um, you like chicken, turkey. Yeah. You like They're delicious. duck, all of them. So you 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 like poultry, all of it. Yeah, but I you, like just about everything. But you but you hate birds. Yeah, I hate I hate them. I've been attacked eleven times, Sean. You keep track. Well, it, I mean, I it has it's been eleven for a while. Like it hasn't happened in a long time. But yeah, crows mostly. The first one was a cockatoo named Uh uh-uh. Uh. <laughs> um, that was it. That was the first time, and it was. Um, I don't know if I mentioned last time about how there's my parents had the friends of the family that were had the son my age and daughters mm-hmm. my sister's age and we were all growing up together and but we were having cards my parents were playing cards with his parents and we're in his bedroom hanging out and he's like wouldn't it be cool if we let the bird out to fly around and I was like yeah I mean we were I was like six or seven or eight I don't know when I was a little kid like yeah let the bird out fly around this is gonna be awesome better than a paper airplane right mm-hmm. and. I didn't, I mean, now looking back on it, I can understand the socialization of the bird being a house pet, like a dog. Like if you let the dog out of the cage, the dog's going to run up, sniff your leg and jump up on you and and want you to pet it. Mm -hmm. So the bird flew right at me and wanted to land on my shoulder like a good parrot or, you know, any, you know, good pirate has a bird on his shoulder. And I didn't know why this bird was now like flying directly at me like not like flying around the room and being cool it was like at me so i'm like oh my god no i'm gonna die so i turn and scream and start to try and escape well the bird lands like on my lower back and is now trying to climb up through my cotton t-shirt using his beak and his claws so now i'm physically being attacked and eaten alive in my head like i'm screaming Mm -hmm. bloody murder it finally gets up onto my shoulder and i'm still screaming and now it's using its wings to try and stay and on it's on it's, me and it's squawking and screaming and I'm screaming bloody murder and it's now biting my neck and my ear because it doesn't understand why I'm hitting it and like we're having a very massive misunderstanding um, but of course my mother's in the next room playing cards with her friends and hears this commotion and comes running in knocks the bird across the room grabs me and is like oh my gosh you know 
my baby mm-hmm. <laughs> like saves me <laughs> and um yeah so they put the bird down which I, you know, they put it down like it tasted blood, and this I was guess, it. I, I guess That's... I don't, I don't really know. I think why would they, they were have... okay? So first of all, all of my parents and my friends' parents—they were all lawyers. Now I don't think there was any danger of litigation, but I think it was just kind of like his dad was like, "So the bird attacked this kid, my friend of my friends, and we're all lawyers, so we're just going to go ahead and put the stupid cockatoo down and put and it past say us. like this is we handled Jesus. it it's kind of like firing an employee it's like we're terribly sorry about your experience mrs jones we have fired that waiter you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing so I, yeah i didn't ask them to put the bird down but jesus walter this is very <laughs> this is more traumatic than i realized it was it was and i've i've always had this fear of birds so when they did you feel bad about the cockatoo getting, getting put down or yeah, did I mean, you like you said i love poultry so i mean he was bound to get eaten at some point but not you know i don't know no. people don't put parrots on the menu really probably you don't not. see you don't, don't see but i don't feel bad about it it's like it's like, like oh that. you you killed that cow it's like well mm-hmm. i mean that's what we do we kill cows right like, we're cool okay. with it it's emotionally like on the scale of feeling bad for killing animals stepping on an ant or you mm-hmm. know, shooting a cow on the back of the head is nominal right. does that make me a sociopath just because I, 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 ham- I eat because i eat so because i eat hamburgers i think it makes you part of a large group of people who find it socially acceptable i mean yeah i feel bad that they did that because it's like <clears throat> you know that was their pet and their friend and i didn't ask them to do that and it was just kind of like afterwards it was like oh they did that okay i mean if they'd asked me like Walter, would you like us to do this? I would have been like, no, <laughs> just yeah. leave it in his cage next time. Like, or next time I'm over, or don't let's bring it just out. like you hang on to him while we get to know each other instead mm-hmm. of two children being left alone with a bird. <laughs> just like, that seems a little bit negligent. I can see why they put the bird down because I think yeah, there might have been some bigger issues with the parenting. Or who knew in the eighties? Who knew that that was going to happen? Yeah. Would you? Would no, anybody nobody fathom knew. that this no. was going to be the outcome? No, I would have just assumed you were playing with. I don't know. Uh, a paper airplane. A paper airplane. Right. And like, it would just be cool. It would fly around. So this is the first. Yeah, this is the, the one that started everything. Yeah. And then, I don't I don't know all of them. Um, I don't know if... I just... I've kept track, but I didn't, like, annotate. I haven't written them all mm-hmm. down. I know there's the incident in the Grassy Knoll in Seattle with Jerry. I was gonna... That was the one. Is that the Humbau incident? Yes. Was there? Was, well, they were... Yes, it was Humbau. That's so Humbau's, explain, explain the, the Grassy Knoll for people who... Who are listening who don't so know. So in Seattle, there's a lovely little place called the, the Market. It's mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the Market. It's Pike Place Market. Pike Place Market, sorry. And um, at the end of the market, like once you walk through all the touristy stuff, and there's uh, Tom Douglas's little restaurants right there, and then there's a, right there, there's a little grassy park. It's like a little hill uh, where all the crackheads and drunks pass out throughout the day in the sun. And your freeway is right there. It almost sounds like the ocean as you're looking at the Puget Sound, which is... Water. water so it's yeah it's kind of like being near the ocean so, it's a very beautiful afternoon there's park benches and things there mm-hmm. so you can go and get your little humbau or your progies or whatever it is that you selected yeah. in the market to come eat and then you sit down and eat them and jerry and i were sitting there and commenting on you know the first starbucks is right there it was all very exciting for everyone of course <laughs> and then um we're we're the crumbs from our um it wasn't the well, the, the spring rolls started mm-hmm. coming off as we're eating them. And there's lots of pigeons all, you know, everyone knows pigeons. They're just goddamn everywhere. And there was one club-footed one, and he didn't have any feathers on top of his head. They were kind of sticking out, like kind of fryer-tucked, bald-headed kind of thing. And he's kind of hobbling around our table, and he's getting closer and closer. And he's he sees the crumbs, and Jerry's like, I'm like getting 
physically visibly nervous like i'm scooting away and he's just like what's up and he, he's aware of my bird thing you know we've all talked about it it wasn't mm-hmm. this was not the second time like this is, this is somewhere like in the seven, middle six yeah and he thinks it's kind of funny or whatever and he's just like walter it's fine they're afraid of us they're more afraid of us than we are of them and this thing like leaps forward flat does this little flappy thing and starts like grabs like one of our like egg rolls and just like he's just gonna have it now he's fearless and i was like i look at jerry and i'm like they're not afraid of us and i'm like physically i'm panicked now and jerry starts laughing he's like they're not afraid of us and he's having a great time i'm just like they're not afraid of it he repeats it so now it's like spanning it's getting more heightened he's fanning the flames of my phobia terror yes terror. so i ran away and and jerry had the a really fun afternoon laughing I would imagine if I lived on the grassy knoll in Pike Place Market, I would lose all my hair and probably have a clubbed foot too. So, I mean, that's one rough pigeon. You're not even a pigeon. Yeah, you know, he he made it. Pigeon made a lot of good decisions. Didn't need to make it that far. (laughs) Are there any other notable um, notable aviary atrocities? Well, um, I opened a place, uh, La Vita Ibello on 2nd and Battery. Mm -hmm. And I remember... I pulled up, and it was so odd that there was parking across the street because usually it's Belltown. There's, like, no parking there. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit late, so I was like, wow, sweet, there's parking. So I just pulled up. And I get out, and I'm trying to put money in the meter, and it, it I kind of thought that maybe the tree had scratched the top of my head. It's like, oh, that's weird. You know, go to put the cord in the thing, and then it happens again, but deeper. I'm like, what the hell? And I look across my restaurant I'm about to walk into, and the owners, these Italian guys, asked me to do this. Um, it was their place. I just did all the food. I designed the menu and everything for them. But um, they're laughing hysterically. Mm-hmm. They're just like pointing. They're like, apparently, I'm not the first. Like that's why there are no cars because everyone keeps like getting parking attacked there. by this crow. He made a nest above this so parking. Her meter. babies are up there, maybe. Right. Or something. So she's just like attacking everyone. And so I'm like running. I'm running into traffic across the street to get away from this bird now. And they're just like pointing and smoking and laughing. And, and I was. That would be the only other real major one of the bird attacks. That so you out. you steer clear of our well, feathered who, friends. Who doesn't? Like really? Do you do you not? Do you go after the? I like, had hey I, pretty pretty. Can you I had come a, here. No, I mean no. I, when I see crows, I like to take pictures and like get close up and take video and stuff. You know like they remember that. you, right? Well, I hope so. Well, you I want to be able to no, get closer. You did a whole study where they yeah. took presidents' masks mm-hmm. and like put them on faces, and they were like abusing the birds, and then different presidents' masks and like being nice to the birds and then like they did this study over a course of many years and the birds would like call to each other like they would communicate and tell like when they were coming like it was a whole weird thing like they would follow them like the bad like, i think it was nixon was like one of the bad ones and then like they'd wear the masks upside down and they could still recognize them and it was a whole seems like a weird version you can look it up somewhere break. yeah yeah it's, yeah <laughs> Point beak. Point beak. <laughs> Point beak. That's good. That's good. You can have that. It's John. It's John. Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to glutenisnotyourproblem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Oh, John and-